going to be the first John, first John chapter number four. And uh, I do want to say this uh, just real quick. Brother Corey almost seemed a little bit reluctant to even say that. Uh, but when the Lord lays something on your heart, don't ever be nervous about doing that. And I'll tell you why. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to preach a message this morning I've preached before. And uh, the Lord's had on my heart all week, and I told him, I said, Lord, I don't want to do that. That's not one of those messages you just preach, and nobody doesn't remember it. Then you'll understand in a minute. And I said, they'll know that, and they'll think I just didn't have time to study, and I don't want to preach it. And uh, But he just wouldn't let me get away from it. I was up here trying to convince him not to let me do it. And uh, what Brother Corey said just went right along with it, let me know I was on track. So you never know what your testimony might be. So if the Lord lays it on your heart, you be obedient to it. And uh, I sure do appreciate the Lord. And I'm going to try my best to be a help to us. And uh, I told these youngins, I said, y'all pay attention this morning. Uh, I think they'll like what's going to happen, but uh, you just stay with me, all right? First John chapter number four, look with me in verse number one. When you find your places, you stand with me if you can enable and honor and reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. First John chapter four and verse number one. Now I'm going to preach a little bit different uh, than I did last time. I want to give you about four things by introduction real quick. And then I'm going to give you the message, all right? Bible said in verse number one, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are going out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And that, and this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children of Overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Uh, they that they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, uh, and the world heareth them. Notice verse 6. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us. Uh, he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth uh, and the spirit of error. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I should love you this morning. Lord, I pray you'd help us just for a little while. Lord, I don't know the hearts of the people. Lord, I don't know the burdens. But, Lord, I'm glad this morning that you do. Lord, I pray just for a little while. Lord, you know my need. Would you give me unction? Give me utterance from on high. Help us now just for a little while. Lord, I thank you for what we've felt over the last couple of days. But, Lord, this is another time and this is another service. And, Lord, I pray this morning you'd do something in the hearts and lives of your people. Lord, that only you can. Lord, if they be one in the midst today, lost and done without you, save them, uh, before it's everlasting too late. We'll be careful now uh, to give you all the praise, honor, and glory, for we ask it uh, in Jesus' wonderful name, amen, and amen. You be seated, and thank you for standing this morning. Now, notice with me, if you would, verse number one. Bible said, Beloved, believe not every spirit, uh, but try the spirits, uh, whether they are of God. Now, understand quickly this morning that uh, what John's telling us is that there's more uh, than one spirit. Isn't that right? He said, try the spirits. Uh, uh, notice that spirits, that's plural, uh, as to whether they are of God. And uh, so he's telling us there are some things that... Uh, are of the Lord, and then there's some things uh, uh, that's not of the Lord. In fact, he went on to say, uh, uh, because many false prophets uh, are gone out into the world. <coughs> if you look on down, Bible said in verse uh, number three that this is the spirit uh, of Antichrist. Uh, so there's some things that are of God, uh, and then there's some things this morning uh, uh, that are not of God. In fact, uh, I know this is a real simple definition of it, uh, uh, but we know that we know that God. Uh, uh, the Bible said that God gave His only begotten Son. Uh, talking about Christ, uh, and can I say this? The devil has a counterfeit. Uh, 
uh, for everything the Lord has. Did you know that? Uh, uh, in fact, you study your Bible, you'll find that the Bible said that Lucifer said, uh, I will be like unto the Most High. Isn't that right? Uh, his desire, Kirk, is to be like God. Uh, and everything God has, Satan has, uh, a counterfeit to go with it. Now stay with me. Uh, uh, the God, Brother Kenny talked a little bit this morning about the Godhead. Uh, how that it was a trinity of triune beings. Uh, uh, Satan has the same thing. It is Satan, uh, uh, the false prophet. Uh, are you with me? Uh, and the beast, isn't that right? Uh, uh, he's got the, he's, uh, he's counterfeiting uh, everything the Lord has. The Lord has angels. Uh, uh, Satan has demons. Are you with me? Uh, uh, the Lord has men of God. Satan has false prophets uh, uh, that have gone out into the world. So uh, it's important this morning, and John's telling us uh, uh, that we need to try the spirits uh, as to whether they are of God. Now, I preach a little while when we get there. It's going to take me a few minutes to get there, but we will. I will preach a little while this morning on this thought. Uh, uh, the devil's decoys. Uh, uh, the things that the devil puts out in front of us uh, uh, that are not of God. Uh, in fact, let me give you the definition Webster said uh, uh, that a decoy was simply this. Uh, a person or a thing which is used to entice another person or another thing into danger or trap. What about that? It's set out to entice someone into danger or a trap. Now, you're probably asking what that has to do with what Brother Corey said. Well, he said in his mind that those that had the big leaves and were green and look so good, uh, he thought, surely that's what we need. Uh, uh, surely, because it looked good. Uh, it was enticing, it looked like. Uh, uh, that that surely be the answer in order to feed his family. But the truth of the matter is, uh, had he pulled up that one that didn't look so good uh, and didn't look so enticing, uh, he might not have had enough to provide for his family. Are you with me? Y'all got to hit me just a little bit. Uh, uh, now, we're not going to shout this morning. I know that. Uh, uh, but I do believe it'd help us if we'd understand. Uh, hey, can I say this? I look around Baptist churches today uh, and I see people being led away by enticing things uh, uh, that the devil's put in front of them. Uh, and it looks like everything's going to be all right. Uh, uh, but the end thereof is death uh, and destruction. Are you with me this morning? Uh, uh, so let me give you a few things by introduction quickly. try the spirits whether they are of God because many false Everything that looks like signs, uh, not everything that glitters is gold. Isn't that right? Uh, he said, you better be careful to make sure that you know uh, whether it's of God or not. Uh, in fact, we've all been there. We've all, uh, uh, some of us have been there very, very recently. Uh, uh, somebody get up and say, the Lord laid this on my heart. Uh, and it doesn't take very long at all. If you've got any spiritual discernment, uh, to realize God's not within 100 miles of what that man or woman's doing. Somebody just go ahead and nod your head right there. Uh, not everything is of God this morning. Uh, and John said, you better be real careful. Uh, let me warn you. Let me admonish you. Uh, uh, to be careful that there are not everything uh, is of God. Uh, uh, but he went on to say, because many false prophets uh, are gone out into the world. Don't I believe he's really saying, uh, I believe he's really saying, John, that you better be real, real careful. Uh, because there's far more that's not of God uh, than there is that really is of God. Are you with me? Uh, not everything's got a church signs of church this morning. Uh, well, not your head. Not every. Not, I ain't gonna look if you want me to. Uh, not everything it says Baptist on it ain't a church. Did you know that? Uh, that's just exactly right. Uh, just, every man's got a suit on ain't a preacher. Go ahead and nod your head. Uh, it's not a Bible. Go ahead and nod your head. Uh, 
You're going to have to help me just a little bit. Uh, and you man, every, every, just because something's got a beat, uh, that doesn't mean it's good gospel music. Go ahead and nod your head. Uh, go ahead, just nod your head and act like you're enjoying it. Uh, it'll be a whole lot more enjoyable for me and you both, all right? Uh, listen to me. Everything uh, is not of the Lord. Uh, everything's not the Lord's will this morning. Uh, just because that boy's handsome doesn't mean it's the Lord's will for you to marry him. Uh, just because that girl's pretty don't mean it's the Lord's will for you to yoke up together with her. I heard a story the other day. This ain't got nothing to do with the message, but I think you'll get a kick out of it. I heard a preacher tell one, uh, one of my, uh, man, I, I, I love to hear preach Brother Bud still there. He's talking, Brother Chris said to tell I'm just going to give this to our young people quickly and get into the message. But he said that he's doing some remodeling at a church he was pastoring. And said the man, that the, a woman in the church had asked if it'd be all right if her husband do the work. He, he was a carpenter, and, and they agreed on it, and he was going to cut him a deal. And, and, and Bud Stiltner said he, he was excited about that because he knew that the man was lost. His wife was saved, and she was in the church, but he knew this man was lost. In fact, he just got out of prison. And so he come in one day and walked by the bathroom to everything was going. And, and he got talking to that man, and he said, he was witnessing to him, and that man said, you ain't got to tell me, preacher. I know all about that Bible you're quoting. I read it twice while I was in prison. He said, from Genesis to Revelation. I read through it twice. And Bud Stiller said, well, good. Did you learn anything? And that man gave him one of them looks, you know, like he's really about to show him up. And he said, sure did. The only thing I learned was you ain't supposed to plow with an ox and an ass at the same time. A lot of good that does me, huh? And Bud Stiller, you just have to know him. He said, my blood curled. He said, I mean, I turned red in the face and I said, sir, you may understand what the Bible said, but you don't understand what it means. He said, well, let me give you the interpretation. He said, what that means is that godly wife of yours hardly left your sorry hind in at the altar had never married your sorry hind in because she's not supposed to be unequally yoked together. You ought not have that wife you've got and you ought not have them young as you've got. Somebody help me. Just go ahead and nod your head. He said, that's what it means. It would have. Somebody nod your head right there. Listen to me, young person. Just cause they're popular, just cause they're pretty. Just cause they look good. That does not mean it's the will of God for you to marry them. The Bible still says we're not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Isn't that right? Nod your head and say, amen, it'll be okay. So there's an admonition. There's a warning. In verse number one, then notice with me if you would, the analysis in verse two and three. The Bible said, hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. So John said, I'll tell you how you can tell the big difference. He said, if it confesses that Jesus Christ was come in the flesh, that he died for your sins, that it come from God. And verse three said, every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist where have you heard that it should come and even now already is it in the world. Uh, so there's an analysis. He compares the two. He tells you if it confesses that Jesus Christ was coming to flesh, uh, uh, it's of the Lord. But if not, uh, uh, then it is the spirit of Antichrist. So we see the admonition and the analysis. Boy, I like verse 4. Notice with me the assurance, if you would. Uh, uh, John went on to say, Ye are of God little children and have overcome them. Now watch this. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Boy, what about that? Oh, y'all ain't getting that. You say, preacher, what's so good about that? John said, let me just stop and give you a little bit of assurance. It's not too hard to figure out. They, some of you already are thinking. I wonder how I'm going to know. I wonder how, because he lives with in me. When I got saved by the grace of God, I don't know how it happened, but I exactly but I do know this according to Scripture. Ronald the Holy Ghost baptized me into the body of Christ. I'm in Christ. But not only that, but He's in me. I don't know how it happened exactly, but I'm sure I'm glad that it did. I don't have any problem knowing what's of God and what's not because He lives within me. What about that? The Bible said 
Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I'm getting ahead of myself, but let me show you something real quick. I've got a few decoys with me this morning that I'm going to show you here in just a minute. But I want to show you something just real quick about these decoys. You know what's in this? Now, this I put this out, John, to make it look like the real thing. In fact, I just be honest with you this morning. It does a pretty good job. You may not think so, but from a distance, them old turkeys go crazy over this thing. And I just be honest with you, the head, I mean, it's a pretty good replica. But, Allie, you know what's really inside of this? Nothing but a bunch of hot air. Do you know that? That's exactly no blood coursing through its veins. There's no meat on its bones. In fact, there's even no bones. Did you know that? It's just a bunch of hot air. There's really nothing in it. You know, if you had a different kind of decoy that you didn't blow up like this, there's still just hot air in it. You just open it up and the air fills up the cavity. And that's about it. No wonder the Bible said, Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You say, Preacher, what do you mean you know what's in the world? Just a bunch of hot air. In fact, isn't it amazing the Bible referred to Satan as the prince of the air? What about that? Y'all ain't helping me, but it's all right. Listen to me. That's all the world's got to offer. It may look good. It may sound good. It may look real. But there's no substance to it. I had a man tell me one time I bought this. I had to put it up out there in the yard. I had a man come by and he said, that looks so real. I just about shot it. But can I tell you something? Listen to me. If he had, it wouldn't have done him no good. Now stay with me this morning. His family would have got no meat. That's exactly right. Oh, they'd have been a little bit of pop and that'd have been it. Isn't that how the world works? The world ain't got nothing to offer you this morning. Just a little bit of pop. Just a little bit of excitement. And that's it, friend. The Bible said there's pleasure in sin for a season. But seasons change this morning. And no wonder John said, greater is you, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You realize this morning, if you're saved by the grace of God, you've got God himself uh, living on the inside of you. I heard a story about a little girl preacher preached that one time and the little girl got in the car and she said mama you mean that the God lives inside of us and her mama said yeah well, honey that, that's right and she said well it looks like if somebody as big as God moved into somebody as little as me surely sometimes he'd have to stick out somewhere that won't cost you a thing a lot of truth in that, isn't it? That's exactly right. God himself lives within us. And greater is he that lives within me than he that lives in the world. Thank God for that this morning. So we see the assurance. But not only that, let me give you this, and I'm hurrying. Notice with me in verse number 5 through 6. Notice with me the apprehension. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Bible said they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world and the world heareth them. Let me, under, let me explain something to you this morning. I, I, I'm hurrying. The world, the outside, if you would, is not supposed to understand what's going on here this morning. Did you know that? You didn't before you got saved. You may be sitting here this morning lost and you say, I don't understand this. Why do these people act like they do? Why does he get up there and hack and spit and slobber and stomp and why, why does he do that? Well, I tell you why, and I'm not trying to be funny. In fact, I'll just be honest with you, I had a phone call, or I had a message sent to me this week. I can't remember if I told you all this, somebody else uh, uh, criticizing me for uh, standing on the pews the other day. Uh, I just tell you the truth, I'm just being honest, uh, because I just had to say like that little girl did. Uh, they somebody as big as God moved up on the inside of me, uh, and compared to him, I'm just a little bitty person, uh, and just every once in a while, Brother Corey, uh, I'm I'm not being negative about it. I thank God for it. I like it, by the way. You may not, but I say do it again, bless God. Listen to me. And every once in a while, Brother Chris, it just gets so good. I can't hardly contain myself. And it do you good get a good case of the can't help it's every once in a while, too. Say it, man, right there. And the world's not supposed to understand spiritual things. In fact, he went on to verse number 6 and said this. Watch what your Bible said. 
we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Now watch this. Hereby know we. And notice that phrase. Hereby know we. You know what John's saying? You can know the difference between the spirits. You can know what's of God and what's not of God. Watch what he said. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Let me say something quickly and I'm going to hurry him. You say, preacher, I don't know if it's the Lord or not. Let me tell you a real good way. Brother Kenny hit on it a little bit this morning talking about the word of God. God's will will never go against God's word. Did you know that? The Lord will never lay something on your heart that goes against his word. Well, let me help you a little bit. The Lord will never tell you not to go to church. The Lord will never tell you not to witness to somebody. Had a man tell me one time, I'm not being critical. I'm not. I'm not. God help me. I'm not. Had a young preacher one time tell me, he said, preacher, I just don't believe it's the Lord's will uh, for me to preach. We went to a meeting one time. And uh, they asked him to come up and preach. And he told me, he said, I, I don't believe that's the Lord's will for me to preach. And he came up to me, expecting me to pat him on the back and tell him how good a job he did. And I told him, I said, son, the Lord's will will never go against his word. He said, what do you mean? I said, the Bible said be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, yeah. exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. I, I said, the Lord's will will never go against his word. God doesn't call a man to sit on a pew. Somebody hit me right there. He, amen. He said, preach the word be instant in season out of season y'all gonna help me just a little bit for some reason y'all bogging up listen to me I told you before I tell you again a fish swims a duck quacks and a preacher preaches it's what he does and who he is so head and nod your head and say it man his will will never go against his word he'd never tell you this morning to marry somebody that's not saved. It's true. Now I know I realize this morning that things happen. I realize that I'm not saying it's an awful thing if you did necessarily. But I'm telling you he'll never tell you to because he said be not unequally yoked together. His will never goes against his word. He'll never tell you to disobey your parents. That's exactly right. Wives, he'll never tell you to directly go against your husband. I'm trying to get to the good stuff. My soul, his will will never go against his word. And we can know uh, the spirit of truth and uh, the spirit of error this morning. His word will never, his will will never go against his word. And his word will never go against his will. Did you know that? They're, 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 they're intertwined together, John. Let me give you a few of these decoys real quick. I preach on the decoys of the devil's decoys this morning. Now, I got about four or five points I want to give you real quick. And I go with the half. Now, this one, you know anything at all about turkey hunting, you know what this is. They call this, they call this uh, Billy Bad Act is what they call it. You know why? Because he's supposed to be the biggest and the baddest in all the woods. You put this one out, surely, for one reason. When you pull this one out, you're not hunting just anything. You're hunting one turkey. You know where the biggest in all the woods are. And you're putting something out to try your best to make him think that somebody has done stepped in on his territory. You know what you're doing when you put this out? You're invoking a spirit of power. What you're saying. You're saying, when I put that out, Brother Corey, out in a field somewhere, the only time I ever use it, I'll go out there and I'll set it up long before daylight. And the only reason I'll do it, John, is if I know the biggest turkey in the woods is roosted right up yonder. And I want him, when he opens his eyes at daylight, to see somebody that moved in on his territory. I want him to feel threatened. Uh, I want hey, Somebody nod your head. I want him to feel like that he's lost it. Uh, I want him to feel like there's a new dude on campus. Uh, uh, there's a new big dog uh, that's what I'm trying to invoke 
Can I say the devil does the exact same thing? He'll make you, he'll let you get to a place where you feel so big and so bad that he'll move something in to make you think you've lost it all. That's exactly right. You think about it. You know why I'm telling you the truth. You know this morning, listen to me. You know what's wrong with most of a lot of preachers in our country? They get the big head, and it's an easy thing to do, by the way. They get the big head, and then all of a sudden, they're not the new thing no more. All of a sudden, there's somebody else, Kirk. Go ahead and nod your head. All of a sudden, you, well, yeah, let's just be honest. All of a sudden, you know what's wrong with a lot of church members? I know people, thank God for it. I'm not against it. I know people that they did they did this or they, they did vacation Bible school for the last 20 years or they did this or they did that. And boy, it was a blessing. And they, they did the Christmas play. They did this. They did that. That's wonderful. Thank God for somebody that'd be willing to do that. And then all of a sudden somebody new comes in and they want to get active. And instead of being tickled that somebody else wants to do something for the Lord, instead of being happy that somebody else wants to give them a break, you know what the devil will do? He'll say, look at them. Everybody likes them more than they do you. Go ahead and nod your head. Everybody likes them more than they do. You might as well just quit. Nobody cares about what you've done all these years. Nobody cares about all that effort you put in. Nobody cares about you. Nobody. Are you with me this morning? I know it's awful quiet, but I believe we're hitting a good spot right about now. Nobody cares no more about you. Can I tell you something? It's a lie straight out of hell this morning. You know what happened? You know what I'm wanting to happen? I'm wanting with everything I've got to make it for that old big Tom. Sitting up in a tree, getting ready to come off a roost. I want to make him Brad so mad he can't see straight. I want him to see red. I want him to forget all about being cautious. I, I want him to forget all about them gunshots he's been hearing and get so mad at this guy right here that he comes straight in looking for a fight. Have, are you with me? And while he's tearing up everything, I realize, Ronald, I, I may lose this. I'll be honest with you. I, it's the third one I bought. You get them mad enough, they'll bust it. So fast it ain't in a hurry but before they never by the time they realize what's happened you know what Kirk it's done too late they didn't realize there was somebody sitting in the shadows they didn't realize they played into the trap they didn't realize they did exactly what I wanted and I may have lost one of my pieces but I got what I wanted y'all ain't getting that that's exactly what the devil does this morning if he wants you to get so mad you don't think about being cautious that you don't think about spirit things. Uh, he wants to get your eyes on your brother and sister. Uh, he wants to get your eyes on somebody else. Uh, he'd love for you to tear this church up. Uh, he, you're playing right into his hand this morning. Uh, uh, there's a spirit of power this morning. You can say whatever you want to. Every one of us are attracted and desire to have power. Did you know that? You can say whatever you want to. I've seen it. I've seen it. God help me, Kirk. I've seen it. I've seen people fuss for years because they're the only one to do the Christmas play until somebody else does it. And all of a sudden, they're so mad they can't see straight. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. I've seen them fuss because they're the only ones that do this. They're the only ones that do that. But the truth of the matter is they like somebody patting them on the back. They enjoy somebody saying how good they've done. They like, uh, Go ahead and nod your head. I'm telling you, you better be real careful to understand whether it's of God or of the devil because it may look good. It may look right. And you may even think you're doing the right thing. Uh, and you could be playing right into the devil's hand. That will cause destruction and death this morning. There's people sitting all over the country this morning out of church because they felt like their power was being threatened. You might as well just go ahead and nod your head because you know I'm right this morning. There's a spirit of power. Not only that, let me say this. Say, preacher, what else is there? Well, there's a spirit of power. Then I want to say this. There's a spirit of pride. Did you know that? Now watch this. This little fella right here he don't look like much. In fact, I'll be honest with you, if you can't tell, I, the rest of them are blew up pretty good. He's a losing air a little bit quicker than the rest of them. You know why? Because he gets beat up all the time. That's one of them, Brother Corey, I wouldn't even look twice at shooting that turkey. Just little Jake John. Ain't much to it. But you know what he says? 
I'm easy to get whooped. That's what I'm saying, Kirk. When I put him out there, I'm telling all those that are a little bit older, I hope y'all get this. All them that are a little bit older, all them a little bit wiser, all them that maybe maybe they're losing it just a little bit, I'm putting him out there because, Ronald, he's just easy to get whooped. He's just a little young and ain't much to him. You know what it does? I put him out there, Corey, and I put a hen over beside of him because I want one of them toms to see him and think I can take her from him. Now, I know you don't want to admit it, there's a whole lot of that going on in the house of God. We're using our teenagers like a doormat half the time. Boy, it's getting quiet, but it, it's true this morning. You know what I find? You know what I'm being honest? I'm not, I'm not just talking about Blue Ridge. I'm talking about every church. I find this as we get older, them white-haired saints, they start saying, well, I put in my time. There ain't no reason for me to do anything else. It's time for the next generation to do it. But you know what I found, Brother Corey? When that next generation does stand up and God starts a blessing, that older generation wants to talk about how they're not doing it right. And that older generation wants to critique everything they do and browbeat everything they do, but they don't want to do nothing. And you know what happens? It's not just that teenager gets hurt. Now, this old Jake here, he gets beaten, battered, and all that. But nine times out of ten, Kirk, I fold him up and I put him back in my bag to live, to go another day. But about every time, surely, I've ever put him out, there's been one of them old wise turkeys that I slung over my shoulder and carried to the truck. And we's eating turkey breast for too much longer. Right. You know why? Because he looks so easy to defeat. Yeah. It looks like there's nothing in the world anybody could whoop up on him. Why, well, every turkey in the woods could whoop up on that little Jake. But you know the truth of the matter? He's a whole lot tougher than he looks like. You know what I'm glad for? I'm glad our young people's tougher than they look like. You'd be amazed what a teenager can really endure. You'd be amazed a teenager that falls in love with the Lord, gets on fire for God. You'd be amazed the criticism they can really take. You'd be amazed this morning. But you know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid we're losing some of our older saints too soon because they get a spirit of pride. I heard a woman tell me one time, John, I'm just being honest, she told me, she said, I lived for the Lord, served the Lord, I did this, I did that, blah, blah, blah. Named over all her credentials. And she said, now my granddaughter's come along and she's teaching the same class that I taught. And she said, can you believe three of them girls have done got saved in the last month? And I was rejoicing, tickled to death. She said, and I just can't figure out why it didn't happen when I was there. I was faithful for 20-some years. I thought, God help you, woman. That right? God help you. Let me tell you something. She, I'll be honest what I think happened in that situation. I think for 20-some years, Grandma laid a foundation. And then I think that granddaughter got to reap the blessings of some of what Grandma did. But that Grandma got a spirit of pride and said, well, it should have been me. Well, she ought to have been tickled to death. Her granddaughter was serving the Lord. Her granddaughter couldn't be laying out in a road ditch somewhere with a needle in her arm and diseases ridden in her body. Just go ahead and nod your head. You better be thankful your teenagers are in church. You better be thankful they've got a reason to come. Get rid of a spirit of pride this morning. Better be real careful of that spirit of pride because it kills more than any other. Did you know that? John, if I had to go turkey hunting and just could carry one decoy, it'd be that and right there because that pride will get you every single time. You know what happens? There's some of you this morning and you've looked around and you said, Well, I'd never do it, I'd never go there. It'll not happen to me. You know what's happening? There's a spirit of pride been put in your life. And you think, I'll beat it. I'll defeat the odds. I'll be the one not to go there. I'm too good to do it. Can I tell you what'll happen? You'll get too close. And when you let your guard down, you'll find yourself in a place you never thought you'd be this morning. There's a spirit of power. There's a spirit of pride. But what about this? I won't get this in real quick, too. Notice with me, there's a spirit of provision. You say, preacher, what do you mean by that? Well, there's a couple more things I'd love to show you. This one right here, you can't tell it much. I, I should have brought the stakes with me. 
But this one right here, Leon, is made a little bit different than the rest of them. The rest of them, if you can't tell, there's, there's a hole down here on the bottom, and that's where you put your stop. And you put that down the ground, that's what holds it up. And to make it, it makes it look like his legs, it's got legs under it. Well, this one's made a little bit different. The hole is back here, and the top of it is on up in here. And what it does, it tilts her forward like that. You know what it does, Michelle? It makes her look like you put her out there, and it makes her look like John that she's eating. In fact, that's called the feeding hen. And it makes it look like, you know where I use that a whole lot? In a place where there's absolutely no food. In a place where there's no food. What I'll do, John, I'll take a place where there's no food and make it look like there is food. Are you with me? And you know what happens? That old turkey comes by and he sees her eating. Sees it look like she's being provided for. And his belly's a rumbling too. And he'll say, well, I believe I'll go over yonder and get me some food. And you know what's waiting at the end of it? It's not food for him, but it's food for me. Are you with me? Now, I'm not being, I know that's funny, but I, I, I'm telling you, the devil works the same way. He's not interested this morning in you getting food. He's interested in what he wants. He's interested in fulfilling his desires. Now, watch this. You put that old turkey out, and it looks like, Allie, it looks like she's getting everything that she needs. It looks like when everybody else is struggling, John, she's got exactly what she needs. Ain't that how the devil works? You know why this contemporary movement is going like it is? Because the devils took a spirit of provision and made it look like they're getting everything they need. That's what, it, it does. I was talking to a fellow the other day, and he said he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't want brought up like we were. He, he, he grew up in a, in a church that was a little, little looser, and they kind of went contemporary a little bit. And he told me, he said, preacher, he said, I, he's, he's, got, he's, he, he, he's, he's kind of figured it out, and uh, he's going to a good fundamental church. And in fact, he's a youth pastor at a good fundamental church. And uh, he told me, he said, preacher, he said, I don't know he said, he said, that's the greatest regret of my life, that I used to take teenagers to winter jam and winter fest. And I know I felt it clam up a little bit right there, but I'm trying to hurry. And uh, uh, he said, I used to take them to that mess. And he said, I thought I was doing them a favor. I thought I was doing the right thing. Uh, I thought I was helping them. Uh, I thought that'd be what win the next generation. Uh, he said, you ought to have seen how many teenagers was there. You ought to have seen how they enjoyed it. I, I thought it was right. You know what it was? It was a spirit of provision. As he looked around, he thought, that's what they need. That's where they'll get fed. That's where they'll fall in love with the Lord. And if we can take it and make it look just a little bit more like the world and that'll bring people in, isn't that worth it? But you know the truth. There's no food there. I never, Wayne, put her where there's really food. You know why? There's no need to. Them turkeys already know there's food there. Is that right? In that place, I'll use that old Jake or the one we're getting ready to get to in just a minute. But I always make it look like there's food where there is no food. You know what I found out everybody I've ever talked to that went to a contemporary church. And I, I'm not being mean, I'm just being honest. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what people have told me, John. They tell me, they said, we thought it was good. But there, we didn't learn anything. There was no, there was no doctrine. There was no, it, it was just nothing. It was just, we didn't change our lifestyle at all. There was nothing that changed. There was no help. There, I'm not talking about it, we ought to be legalistic, but I'm telling you, there ought to be a change in your life. You can't keep living like the world. And, and, and Are you with me? You can't live like the world uh, and experience the blessings of God. It's, I don't preach like I do because I hate you or I'm trying to be mean. I want you to get close to the Lord and experience the blessings of God. That's my desire this morning. They don't have that over there. And that contemporary movement swept across our nation. My, listen to me. I'm, in, I'm trying my best to be as sensitive as I can be. But I'm going to tell you, there's a problem this morning when, there's a ch when churches are okay with homosexual marriage. 
There's a problem when churches not only support but endorse your young people to figure out whether they're a man or a woman. God help us. It's not that hard this morning. Just go ahead and nod your head before I say something I ought not say. It's not that difficult this morning to figure out whether you're a man or a woman. Aaron's two years old, and he can tell you whether he's a boy or a girl this morning. It's exactly right. Can I tell you, it looks like there's food. And these churches all over the country falling for a spirit of provision. They think everything will be met if they just go that way. I'm going to tell you what ends up, death and destruction. These teenagers, I'm convinced, dying and going to hell by the thousands because mamas and daddies fell for a spirit of provision when it really wasn't of the Lord. Bible said, come ye out from among the world and be ye separate, saith the Lord. I don't know if I don't like that, but that's still Bible doctrine. You ought to be a separated people. You ought not look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, smell like the world, tomorrow to hit me. You ought to be separate from the world. We're to come out of the world and be you separate, saith the Lord. Went on to say, and touch not the unclean thing. We're not supposed to touch what they touch. Well, might as well just go ahead and hit me. There's a spirit of provision. I think something else people fall into with this one. What about this? How many times you heard somebody say, well, preacher, Maybe you had never heard it, but I have. Well, preacher, we fell on hard times. And I'm going to have to get another job. Or I'm going to have to work overtime. I'm going to have to work Sundays. And it won't be for long, preacher. But that's what our family needs right now. Let me tell you something. I understand you work a public job and they tell you you've got to work on Sunday. I understand that. But I tell you what I see, Brother Wayne. I see a whole lot of people saying, well, it's just going to be for a little while, preacher. Just for a little while. And we're going to go work on Sundays. Or one I love, Brother Corey, is, well, it's just for a little while. But, see, Junior, he's on this baseball team. And if we, if, we let, if we go on Sundays, he'll get a scholarship. And we can't afford to pay for college. My soul, friend, it, is it going to be worth it for Junior to get a good college education if he dies and goes to hell? I mean, let's just be honest. Is it going to be worth it for Junior to get a good college? It may be saved. Is it going to be worth it for him to live like hell all his life? Is it going to be worth it this morning? And they go for a spirit of provision. And time after time after time, Brother Kenny, I see that family crumble from within. Is that right? I know we ain't shouting. I knew we weren't going to when I come, but it's true this morning. Brenda, I see it time after time after time. Well, preacher, what we need is this. So we're not going to come on Wednesday night and Sunday night. And time after time, Wayne, I see that family begin to crumble. It may take a while, but eventually it leads to destruction. Can I tell you something this morning? I don't give a rip what Roy Cooper says. I don't really give a rip what, what, what uh, Donald Trump says. It's essential to keep your family in church. Did you know that? Whether you realize it or not, you need it. And I need it. It is essential to raise up your child in the way it should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. There's mamas and daddies all the time come to me and say, Preacher, I took them to church on Sunday. I did this and I did that. Why are they not coming back? Because you didn't train them up on how they should go. Going to church on Sunday is not training them up on how they should go. Boy, it's getting awful quiet, but it's all right. You know how you train them up? You train them up on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Wednesday night and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday again. It's an every single day. Hey, you taught them this. I'm, I feel a mean streak about a mile wide. You know why they're out half the time? Because you taught them to treat God like a, like a spare tire just to pull out when you need them. I, God help us I, I to realize there is a spirit of truth I, and a spirit of error this morning. Time after time after time, I see families take a spirit of provision. If they think they're doing what's best, I believe, John, I believe they believe. They're doing the right thing. But the truth of the matter is, all they're bringing is death and destruction to their family. There's a spirit of provision. Let me give you, 
me give you one or two more real quick. Say, preacher, what else could be? Well, I believe this one affects us probably more than anything else. And I'm going to be real delicate right here. I didn't bring all my decoys. I brought about four. But this one, in case you can't tell, she, she's, she's made just a little bit different. Now, I'm going to try to be delicate, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to explain to you what it is. Now, she's, her posture is different than every other decoy. And if you can't tell, her, her tail is turned just a little bit. And John, she, you can if you need to to make it look right, but most of the time you don't put her on, on a stake. You just lay her right on the ground. You know what she's called? The breeding hen. That tells that old gobbler that she's ready to be bred. Now I'm trying to be real delicate, all right? I'm trying to be real easy. Can I say this? There is a spirit of pleasure. When nothing else works wrong, you know what will work nine out of ten times? That old breeding hen. That'll get that gobbler fired up more than anything else. You know why? Because turkeys are just like us. They love to feed their flesh. And if you, if, it's not, if you can't get them cooked when making them think there's food when there's not, you can get them with pleasure. Boys, let me tell you something. Let, let's, just, let's just get down to the nitty-gritty. Cam, that'd be all right. I don't reckon I've ever preached like this here, so you just buckle up and we'll go for the ride, all right? I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to talk to my married couples just a minute. We, 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 we're we're going to have this revival at home. We're going to have a ladies' conference and a men's conference. But I'm going to tell you ladies something. I heard this not too long ago, and it made a lot of sense. Do you realize your husband sees more nakedness going to buy a sack of feed at Tractor Supply than his grandpa did in the dirty magazines of his time. Do you realize that? Your, your husband is surrounded by filth. Did you know that? Every time he turns on the TV, filth. Every time you listen to the radio, I know some of you done claiming up, but I've got Bible to back it up. If you want me to turn, we will. But I've got Bible, and I don't know why people don't think preachers ought to preach on it, but it's Bible, and it ought to be preached. And can I tell you something this morning? The devil's tearing up our homes with a spirit of pleasure. Because everywhere the husband looks, there's somebody that looks like they give him pleasure. Is that right? You know what the Bible teaches I know, I know, y'all don't call me after a while and tell me how I ought not done it. That'd be fine. I've heard it all before. You know what the Bible says? That your body's not yours, but it's his. Yeah. And his body's not his, but it's yours. Yeah. And you ought not come apart unless you agree for fasting. That ought to be yeah. what the Bible said. That your wife rendered due benevolence to her husband. If you need a better definition on that, Ladies, you talk to my wife and she'll be happy to give it to you. Me and you come talk to me and I'll be happy to tell you what it means. Am I all right this morning? And your husband's surrounded by filth. And it doesn't take much this morning for the old devil to put a little spirit of provision out there. A little spirit of pleasure. And our marriages are being torn apart. Is that right? They tell me, well, let me preach to the husbands just a little bit. Your wife's a little bit different, men. She's not so much interested in what she sees. She's interested in what she feels. Did you know that? Your wife is much more likely to, get, to, be, to be deceived by this one than she is this one. But I promise you, it will turn into this one. Boy, it's getting awful quiet. But I, I believe it's all right this morning. You say, preacher, what are you saying? You know what your wife's interested in? She's interested in feeling safe. She's interested in feeling secure. She's interested in feeling like she's loved. She's interested in feeling like she's provided for. She wants to feel like she's got a partner. You may tell you, in my experience, my wife will back me up with this. We've talked to people, we've heard it more times than mine count. If it's ever the woman, John, this is what she'll say. Well, I just didn't feel like he heard me. I just didn't feel like he saw me. I just didn't feel like he was really there. And then I started that new job. And the man that worked across from me told me how pretty I was. And he asked me how my day was. And he told me it looked like I'd had a hard time. 
And she'd say, I, don't, I didn't mean to, but before I knew it, things began to happen. Can I tell you this morning, the devil is tearing up our homes. And he is tearing up our churches. And he is tearing up our families this morning. Let me tell you something about a church. It's only as strong as the weakest home. Did you know that? That's right. The church is only as strong as the weakest home. Wives, you ought to love your husbands. Husbands, you ought to love your wives. My soul, how we need a revival of the home. How the devil's rampant in our homes this morning. You know what breaks my heart? We've got young people growing up not even knowing what love really is. we got teenagers that don't even know what love really is. It's exactly right. God, help. I feel like preaching. Can I tell you something? We've got young ladies that's, fought, that's messing up their lives as we speak because they never saw a daddy just love their mama. They don't know what they're supposed to look for, John. That's exactly right. We've got young men ruining their lives because they think 10, 15 minutes of pleasure is all that's involved. They've never seen a wife submit herself to her husband. They've never seen a mama be a helpmeet to their... Go ahead and nod your head. It'll be all right. And the devil is putting decoys in front of our mamas and our daddies and our youngins and our church members and our deacons and our pastors and our evangelists and we're falling apart this morning because we don't know the difference between the real thing and something that's just a decoy. Can I show you the last one and I'm done? I won't preach on that spirit of pleasure just a little while longer. Can I tell you something this morning? I know, let me say this quickly. I know y'all bogging down on me a little bit. I know it's making you nervous. I'm not going to say nothing that your young is going to have to have a definition for, I promise. Let me say this. You know what I believe does our young is good? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. The other night, John, we were sitting there at the house, and the boys were just awful. I mean, they just about to drive us crazy. I mean, bickering and fighting and falling apart. And I could tell Kendra was just about to pull her hair out, and I was too. I mean, I, I just, I, I thought, I'm going to kill one of them if they don't quit. I mean, it was bad. And you know what I said? I reached over and I grabbed her. I grabbed her by the hand. She came through the house, and I grabbed her by the hand. I said, just sit down right here on my lap, and I just want to talk to you. Let's just forget they're even here. You know what happened? She sat down. I, I'm not trying to get personal, but I got telling her how pretty she was, and she got to rubbing on my back and kissing me on the cheek, and I mean, we just forgot all about the boys. You know what I found out? Surely I looked around, you know what the boys was doing? They sitting there on the floor, cross-legged, looking at me and their mama, and they's as calm as they could be. They's just as peaceful as they could be. They's a playing with a little car sitting there on the floor. You know what I thought? They felt safe. They felt secure. They saw that debt, y'all ain't getting that. That's all they know in their world. Did you know that is mom and daddy? And they saw that daddy loved mom and mom loved daddy and everything's going to be all right. And they felt safe and they felt secure. Do you know that most young people tell me, they several of them come talk to me and they tell me they wake up every day wondering if their mom and daddy, this is the day they'll get a divorce. That's heartbreaking. Did you know that? That's heartbreak. I'm not talking about people out here in the world. I'm talking about in Baptist churches, uh, teenagers and middle schoolers and elementary kids wake up every day and think, is this the day that my mom and daddy is going to end it all? Am I going to be like Susie? Am I going to be like Tommy that stays with mama one day and daddy with the next? Is today going to be the day? You want to love your youngins? Strengthen that marriage. Boy, it's getting quiet. Can I tell you something? Well, I'm going to help you right here. If you listen, I'll give you Bible to back it up. Bible said that a man should leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. Isn't that right? It didn't say cleave unto his children. It said or cleave unto his wife. Tamika, you know what you're raising them boys for? I, I could use all of them. I'm going to use them two boys. What you're raising them for? To let them go. One of these days, you're raising them two boys to one day fall in love get married, 
and leave. Now, I know that's heartbreaking. That's what you're doing this morning. That's biblical, Brother Corey, that you're raising them to fall in love with another woman and get married and leave your home. And you know what happens then? It'll be you and her. Is that right? There won't be no more baths to give. There won't be no more homework to help with. And you know what I find? There's more and more people been married 20, 30, 40 years getting divorced because they fell out of love because they fell too much in love with their young. Don't look at me like that. They fell too much in love with their youngins and fell out of love with their sins. You are to strengthen, you love them youngins. Show them how to be a husband. Is that right? Corey, you ought to show them boys how to love their wife, how to leave their father and mother, how to love her, how to give yourself for her. That's what a daddy's job is this morning. To make you, you ought to show them boys. I know they'll never walk in your shoes, but you ought to show them boys what they ought to look for in a wife. You ought to show them how a woman ought to submit to them. That's exactly right. You ought to show them what a wife ought to be. Then you raise them up to let them go. You say, oh, preacher, they'll be, they, if, I, if I don't just dote on them every minute, every day, if I just don't forget all about their daddy or all about their mama, that, that just won't be fair. Why not? They're going to forget all about you. How many of you, let's think just a minute. How many of you when you're 16 years old ever stopped and thought, wonder if mom and daddy wants me to go out on that date Friday night? No, you didn't. You know why? Because that's how God intended it. You were supposed to leave your mom and daddy and cleave under your... Ah, so I feel like preaching, I feel like preaching. And if some of you, let me just tell you this, let me just tell you why it's this. He's not going to be your daddy, did you know that? And men, she's not going to be your mama. And if you loved your mama so good, you should have stayed at home with your mama. Is that right? Hey, women, if you loved your daddy so good, you should have stayed at home with your daddy. Because he's never going to be your daddy. And she's never going to be your mama. It's just not going to happen. But you ought to cleave to one another and raise your family together, showing them what a husband and wife are to be this morning. We've got youngins falling for a spirit of pleasure because they saw daddy fall for a spirit of pleasure. And they saw mama fall for a spirit of pleasure. I'm not being ugly. They tell me, I'm trying my best to hurry. I don't know what time it is. Lord God, I've got to hurry. I've got one more point. There's so many teenagers told me in the last few months, Preacher, I just really don't see the point in getting married. Why can't you just live together? You know why? Because they've seen how mom and daddy got married. They don't want no part of it. Let's just be honest this morning. They want no part of what mom and daddy had. That's a shame and disgrace. That's a shame and disgrace. I told a couple not too long ago, I'm not going to mention their names for nothing, but they come to me, me they come to me and my wife and was talking. And you know what the truth of the matter is? They, they wanted, Michelle, they wanted to work their relationship out. They had some issues they wanted to fix. And I wasn't trying to be smart. Enough. I looked at them and I said, I cannot take the Bible and tell you how to shack up better. I can't do it. I cannot take scripture and tell you how to live together better. It's sin. It's wrong. It's not right. I cannot take Bible and tell you how to shack up together. I can't do it. But I can take Bible and tell you how to be a better husband. And I can take Bible and tell you how to be a better wife. I can do that. But my soul, there's nobody interested in it. And our youngins are resenting marriage. You Hear me and hear me well. Our youngins are resenting marriage and they're resenting commitment because they've seen mom and daddy love the spirit of pleasure more than they did each other. I, I'm trying to hurry. I promise I am. I, I, I asked the old preacher one time. I mean, he was on up, Kirk. I was about 16 and he, I, I was probably 20 because I, I, I was preaching. And he was in his 80s. And I asked him, I said, when is it that, that it quits bothering you to go to Walmart and see them women walk by half naked? You know what he said? I couldn't tell you. I'm just 80. Are you with me? I couldn't tell you. I'm just 80. Listen to me. I don't care how old y'all are, how young y'all are. 
you can get caught up in a spirit of pleasure. And it doesn't have to be that. It can be hobbies. It can be things you enjoy. It can be a deer stand. It can be a fishing pole. It can be a boat. It can be a four-wheeler. It can be a guitar. Go ahead and nod your head. You can get caught up in a spirit. It doesn't have to just be one thing. It can be something you enjoy to do. And before you know it, you threw away everything. One more. There's one more setup as far as turkey hunting I'd love to show you. I want, I want to show you a spirit of peace. You know what it is? I'll take every one of these, and I'll set them all out together, and I'll have the spacing just right. I'll have it all laid out just perfect. I mean, I mean in my mind, in my mind, I'm almost trying to figure out exactly where they need to be and how it'd be in real life. And you know what I'm doing? I'm making it look so peaceful. I'm making it look like, well, that big Tom standing there with that Jake and them two hens are there and they're, they're all getting along, Wayne, and there's nothing going on. And surely what I'm showing is they've been here, and you, you may not understand this, but that old, that old Tom, he didn't get big by being stupid and he might get up on a hillside somewhere where he can see him, but I can't see him. He might sit there and watch for an hour. I might sit there and him not gobble one time. Not see one glimpse of him. Not even know he's there. But you know what's going on in his mind? Well, they've been there for that long. Nothing happened to them. Is that right? They've been doing it. And it seems like everything. Are y'all with me? Boy, don't that happen in our lives? Well, so-and-so worked on Sunday and nothing happened to him. Well, so-and-so, they, they quit going on Wednesday night and it seems like he's doing all right. Go ahead and nod your head. Well, so-and-so, he flirts a little bit, and he seems like he's all right, so my wife wouldn't ever find out. Go ahead and nod your head. You know I'm telling you the truth. I know it ain't popular preaching, but you know it's right, and that's exactly what the devil wants to do. He wants to make you think everything's going to be all right. In fact, let me say this, and I'm done. I believe there might be somebody here this morning, whatever. I'm not going to try to give you illustrations because you know what? The Lord's done spoke to your heart, shows you if there's a spirit you need to deal with. But he's trying to tell you it's all right. It won't be you. You went this far and nobody knows about it. It'll be okay. But you better get things right. Because he might just be lurking in the shadows just out of sight. Just waiting for you to step into an opening. And every, all that peace, all that prosperity will be gone in just a moment. Did you know that? You may be here this morning. You say, preacher, I've never been saved. You know what the devil's doing? He's took things in your life and he's laid everything out. He's, he's laid it out just the perfect picture to show you. And right now he's saying it's all right. It's okay. You've got time. There's nothing to worry about. You don't have to get saved right now. You've got plenty of time. It's okay. It's okay. You're not that bad. Let me tell you something before you know it. Time will be up. Before you know it, you'll get complacent. You'll get all... You'll, you, you, you'll begin to get cold hearted and you'll begin to fade away and you'll begin to almost forget about it. And before you know it, time's up. Listen to me. I don't see it right in the middle of that, of that, of that, of that layout that I've got these decoys. I don't stand there waving my hands and say, you better not come in or you're going to get shot. Oh, no. I'm decked out. I mean, I've made myself as invisible as I can be. My wife makes fun of me when I go. I mean, I've got gloves on. I've got, it be 90 degrees. And I, I mean, you, you, you turkeys are, they're pretty smart. They, they, they've got great eyesight. I mean, I've got a face mask on. I've got my eyes covered. I, I, I look like I've got mascara on. I've got paint around my eyes so they can't see that. I, I mean, I, I, I've got my gloves on. I'm decked out in long sleeves. I, there's not an inch of my body being shown. I, I'm sitting by, I'm covered with briars and limbs. And uh, I'll sit there all day long long just anticipating that maybe one will come in you know what if I do my job right I may sit there for two hours and not see a thing but all I need is one moment that he lets down his guard and steps in and that's it he never even knows Michelle what hit him before he even realizes if I do my before he ever realized he walked into a trap, he's done mine. Can I tell you something this morning? That's how the devil works. 
before you ever even realize it, you're his this morning. Before you ever even understand what happens. Turkey hunting, if you do your job right, they call it a putt. When a turkey's in distress, they'll putt to let everybody else know not to come in. They go, but what it sounds like. They tell everybody else, don't come in. Stay away, it's dangerous. But the, every turkey I believe I've ever killed, Brother Corey, never had a chance to putt. Never had a chance to warn somebody else. Never had a chance to say what was going on. Before they ever figured it out, it was done over. You know what breaks my heart the most? Let me show you something. I'm done, I promise. One of the most memorable hunts I've ever had the, the one, I, I've got a turkey hanging in my living room. My wife loves it to no end. She just loves it to death. But it, it was the first turkey I ever killed. And you know how I killed it? Me and Daddy went hunting, and Daddy was standing there too. And uh, we, we, uh, we called them in, and there was several come in. There was, there was a Tom that I killed, and there was two more Jakes, which was just young boy turkeys. And Daddy looked at me, and he said, We'll take both of them. One, two, three. You know what happened? We left that day with two turkeys. And I was thinking about that, and I thought, isn't that sad? Not only was it the one that was gobbling, but he brought another one in with him that never left that situation. Are you with me? Mom and Daddy, you better be real careful because there's youngins coming with you. And there's no guarantee they'll ever get out of it either. You may be taking your youngins this morning down a trail they'll never walk back up. You better be real, real careful. The decoys of the devil. Let's stand to our feet. Get the musicians come. If they would, get a song of invitation.